And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm here, so... <laughs> I'm Shea Gibbs-Dogs and I'm down to dunk. Howdy, Oklahoma. My name is Chet Holmgren, and I'm down to dunk. Dead gum. I'm Josh Giddy, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. <laughs> I have... I don't, is that like you eat it together? Everybody tells me to get the bag of burgers. I need like a straw, like... <laughs> Howdy. I, I'm, a, I'm an artist on the court. This is Jay Will, and I'm down to dunk. My name is Kenrich Williams, and I'm down to dunk. It might be Aaron Wiggins. This is a troll. It's a troll. I'm trolling. Howdy, Papa. Because I, I think it would take away from who he is, you know? Yeah, 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 but. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love Oklahoma. <laughs> I love Oklahoma to death. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. Perfect. Great. Very good. I like the hat. You like oh, the yeah. hat? <laughs> Vava, this is J-Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I've been doing a lot of dunking. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecker, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, hardly ever on a Thursday, but when it is, it's not a good thing. It's Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? I know, Andrew. I was going to ask if you were uh, dreading this pod. <laughs> <laughs> if, if we if we were in medieval times, the townsfolk they would be saying there's ill omens about what's coming. It's true. I mean, it's, it's a it's a Thursday pod. It's a night pod, yeah. and it's also a pod after Josh Giddy did not have a good game. So it's kind of all yep. all the ingredients that you would want. It's everything bad that could happen. I know <laughs> converging into one pod. Uh, I am in. Vegas for the in-season tournament. So that's cool. Um, was that the games today? Which was it were really, fun? Really interesting. Yeah, it was very fun. It was very fun to be there. Very fun to... You know, I get to see some of my coworkers that I talk to all the time but never see them in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's cool. Got to see other like colleagues from other uh, media outlets and have a lively conversation with them about the Thunder and the league and everything. So, I mean, it's very fun. It's a very fun day. I got to meet Ernie Johnson. Oh, really? For the first time today. Yeah. So, you, you got to very, experience very... the TNT ESPN crossover in yeah. person. Wow. Yep. Yep. That was cool. Uh, he's just as nice as you would hope that he is. Uh, it's great. Lots of, lots of great things today. Got to see the, the court, which I'm like, I don't know. It's it's a bit much. The blue and the red. It's a lot. It is There's a lot going on there. What was the what was the crowd like? <clears throat> the, just like the general. I know I know the early game is a weird time, but for like the Lakers, it's a weird time. They... Oh, dude, it's a it's a it was a home Lakers game. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. We so part of like what we're doing here. Like we did. A, I did a post game pod with Eric Name. 
uh, where we talk mostly about Bucks Pacers just because that Lakers game was such a dud. Yeah. But uh, another thing that we're doing is we're making videos with fans. And so we went out onto the concourse like at halftime and like in between quarters just to, we probably talked to like 20 or 30 fans. Um, and we were at one point during the Lakers Pelicans game, just like, okay, we need to find maybe like seven or eight non Lakers fans. Yeah. To like do this. So it's not just all Lakers fans. <laughs> and it took us a long time to find non Lakers fans. Um, so yeah, shout out. I did. There was a uh, Thunder fan who was a, a dunker. Oh yeah, that was there. Oh nice. Yep. Um, also on my plane this morning, there was a dunker with his son, uh, Kent. Shout out to Kent. Uh, saw him bright and early this morning. <laughs> uh, our plane left at like seven thirty, but I think saw Kent at like six something this morning. Um, but yeah, seen some dunkers. But yeah, it's a home Lakers game for sure. It's it is like pro Lakers crowd, like insanely. Probably just as much as it would be in Staples. Yeah. Like it's it's pretty wild. Uh the number of Lakers fans that are here. And that's that's like one thing I wonder about because it's like you have the first game, which is Bucks Pacers, and there was it was less than half full when the yeah. game started. And so you're thinking like, oh gosh, what's going on? Like, this is not great. And it filled up as time went on. They got better. The crowd got better. But like the Lakers one was like full right away. Yeah. And so you wonder if it was like Thunder Mavs or like Thunder Timberwolves or, it, you know, it couldn't be Thunder Timberwolves or I guess it could be. But if it was, it'd be like, <laughs> would would the, would there be a crowd for that? Um, I don't know. So we talked to they, they we talked to a lot of Coast team. Well, I'm saying like specifically the Lakers. Even if it was Kings, yeah, Kings even would if travel. It was Suns, Warriors would travel. Well, I don't know that Kings would. I, I just don't know. know that any fan base is going to travel as much as the Lakers. I guess is my point. Yeah, and they already probably have. I mean, they have a ton of transplants in Vegas already, so. There are a ton of Lakers fans that are from Vegas. Yeah. From Vegas. So I talked to a guy who flew in from Hawaii, who is a tired, diehard Tyrese Halliburton fan. And he so he, so he flew had to in, get that ticket like two days ago. He bought it weeks ago. Oh. Just with the hope <laughs> that Tyrese would be No. Yeah. Wow. It's it's wild. Uh, I met somebody that was that flew in from China just for this. Jeez. Um, there was a guy, a family who flew in from Alaska just for this. Uh, I sat down for coffee this morning when I got here, and like the only places open was at the bar. So I sat down at the bar next to this lady and this guy, and it was a, a lady and her brother, and they flew in um, from Ohio and then somewhere in California, and like. That was like a, a gift to each other was to go to the in season tournament together. It's like, oh, that's very <laughs> cool. So, I've, so I've talked to like so many different people that have like, uh, you know, have so many different experiences. We're like traveling like a long way just to come to this, and some of them were like, oh yeah, I bought tickets like, oh, yesterday or whatever. Yeah. Um, I met a Suns fan 
who was very disappointed the Suns weren't there and he had bought tickets like two months ago or something. So um, really interesting, really interesting experience getting to talk to all these people. But yeah, it was cool. I mean, it was, it was a very unique experience. And the first game was amazing. That game was so much fun. The second game sucked. Um, but hopefully we get a good game Saturday night. Yeah, I mean, I think it's awesome that both teams – I think both teams have been really good ambassadors for this. Like LeBron's been – like no one has ever been like, yeah, whatever. I mean, it's just another game. Like LeBron's acted like it's a big deal. Halliburton's yep. obviously acted like it's a big deal. So oh, yeah. he loves it. His his dad's sitting courtside. Kyrie's Halliburton's yeah. dad's like bebopping around the arena like <laughs> all day. All day. I got here at 11 and just like wanted to. I basically stood on the court for a couple hours. Just like basically stood there with like Sam Amick for a long time and like everybody knows Sam. And so I'm like, Sam. Just stand here and just as people walk and introduce or talk to you, just introduce them to me, please. <laughs> so that I can know, know people. Um, and we did that for a very long time. And it was great. And Tyrus Halliburton's dad was like bebopping around there too. So, I mean, it was cool. I mean, it's it's a, it's a wild experience. Well, Andrew, I think it's uh, time we talk about a player who is not getting guarded on the perimeter and not making defenses pay. What did yeah. you think about Zion? Zion sucked. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of was terrible, though. I know. I, I've been really he, interested in the uh, the conversations among Pelicans fans because yeah. it's such an interesting team because on the one hand, from the outside, they appear so deep. I mean, yeah. I, I love so many of their depth pieces, whether it's like Trey yeah. Murphy – uh, Dyson Daniels, like they just have so many guys that I like. Alvarado, Jordan Alvarado, Hawkins, Jordan Hawkins, yeah. And uh, it's very interesting reading the comments from Pelicans fans who don't disagree, but are like, "We just don't have the top guys. Like we thought we had the top guys. We thought we had the guys we needed. We don't." Yeah. yeah. I, I saw someone say like the the Pelicans probably came into this season thinking they had like a two top ten to twenty five players in the league. When in reality, they might have like two top 40 to 60 players in the league. Oh, God. Which, which that felt a little <laughs> harsh. That's a little strong. B.I.'s good. B.I.'s really good. He was not good today, but he's a good player. But at the same time, like I, I understand what they're saying. Like those two guys, yeah. it does feel like their ceiling is capped when they, when they. Yeah, they might be two top 30 players. And like still, that is not going to get you where you want to go. Yeah. Which is rough because, like I said, I like I really like their depth pieces, um, mm -hmm. and uh, and you know there were a lot of rumors this past summer that they were serious. Like they met Scoot, like in person. Oh, like they were yeah dead serious about that. Yeah, Griff and, Griff was not shy about his love for Scoot and told a lot of people how much yeah. he wanted Scoot Henderson. And also, that also might not look so good right now either. <laughs> Well, if they, if they had traded for him, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, I mean, I'm assuming they would have had to give up one of the two guys, so it would have definitely reset their timeline a little bit. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, obviously, we're having like a, a little mini sky is falling moment with the Thunder. Um, 
but but it's all it's it's always that's why I like following smart fans from other teams because you realize that like everyone's going through it like uh, unless oh, even yeah. even the even Denver is I mean Denver just had that yeah. loss to the Clippers and their fans are yep. like yeah we're still good but like we're five and eight on the road like why can we not win on the road what's going yeah. on our young so, guys aren't as good as we thought they were you know they're not ready to win so like how do we get these depth pieces back like we can't just like resurrect Bruce Brown back on the team right you know via these young players like yeah so yeah. I, it it does help put things in perspective and uh, and also make me totally. feel like I'm I'm doing things right. Like it's it's fun to have a little thing to talk about <laughs> that uh, <laughs> is like worrying. Hey, you know what you. it means? It means that we're that like they're a good team because like the Bucks tonight. You know, like the reports coming out about Bobby Portis getting all pissed yeah. off at the at Adrian Griffin and and I actually watched as the conversation was happening. Between, um, oh, who reported it? Well, I can't even think of his name. I'm like seeing his face right now. Um, Chris Haynes. Chris Haynes. And I, so I went to the Bucks locker room after the game uh, just to like not to talk to anybody, but just like see what the vibe was like. See, like, do they really even care that they lost? Yeah. You know, without knowing like the Bobby Portis thing happened. But like I, I watched as Chris Haynes and Dame converge as Dame is walking out of the locker room. And then they just walk down the hallway to talk before he gets to the press conference room, which is like Mm. a pretty decent jaunt down the hallway. And so uh, that's the sources, if you're wondering, because I saw it happen. That would be... I I mean, obviously, that's who it was. But... yeah. It does make it interesting, like why would Dame want to give that up? Like it doesn't necessarily make it obviously doesn't make Griffin look good. You know, most players would want to keep that kind of stuff in house. So what what is Dame's yeah. angle well, for getting and, that and the, out? And the Bucks specifically have done a really good job of keeping everything in house. Yeah. And so that's not how Giannis deals with things. That's not how like Drew Holiday's dealt with things. It's not how Chris Middleton has dealt with things. And so that there's like a lot of interesting aspects to the Bucks. But that's a layer that's like, oh. Hmm. Like what's really going on here? Well, and you like, read how about how is this really going to how is this really going to work? That's interesting because uh who was I following? Uh oh, No Tech Ben, you know that guy? <laughs> no. You don't know No Tech Ben Thompson? He he's he he goes on the Bill Simmons podcast. Um, but he, he had retweeted this tweet that was like, for the first time in his NBA life, Dame started to cook and then didn't get the ball back and it affected him. He spent a good chunk of the fourth quarter just standing in the corner. Weird, weird deal between Dame and Chris. I'll bet Chris has less than five assists all year on a Dame field goal. Um, <laughs> I, you, you, you just wonder if Dame is unhappy with how they're using him currently. And if yeah. this is his way of like just jabbing the new coach, seems like it. Because Dame has way seems more really leverage strange. in that situation than Adrian Griffin. Yeah, Adrian Griffin, it's not good. It's not good. Adrian Griffin also struggles talking at the podium too. Man, there's a lot of adjustments that need to be made in Milwaukee. Speaking of talking at the podium, man, that, that Will Hardy quote. Last night is so good, and I've rewatched it so many times. I just love the way he said it, and 
I wish if I had gotten that type of a quote after the Houston game, I would have been totally fine with the loss. I wouldn't even cared. Been like, you know what? This know. loss is worth it just to get that quote from Mark, and I would have been happy, slept well. I would have been good. Well, tell tell people. Maybe not everybody's heard it. Don't censor yourself. But uh, he described so the Jazz played the Mavericks, and I think lost by around fifty points. It was something like one forty-seven <laughs> to ninety-seven. Yeah, and he came out, and he has a really great voice, and he said, he "You does. know that that was an awful performance." And he paused and yeah. said, "That was a masterpiece of dog shit." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I wish that Mark would say something like that because, and and while like, I mean, the Thunder only lost by nine. It felt like that. I mean, they might as well have lost by a hundred. You know. Well, it, it, it was one of those lose, games keep... where, even as they're like kind of coming back, you're like, "Come on, we we all know this isn't happening." Yeah, we know where this is heading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. reminded me of that uh, that gif of Carmelo Anthony when he's like courtside at the Knicks game and the ball comes to him and he pretends like he's going to shoot and he's like, "No, I'm just." <laughs> that, that's how those type of games feel. Where it's like, "Why are you? Don't even. Why even bother?" Yeah, just yeah, just just. Just give up. Just put. We just put Poco and Sar in. Like, come on. Yeah, man. seriously. Let's, yeah, what's going on here? Um, yeah, Thunder lose one ten to one hundred one in Houston. Uh, hurts for a lot of reasons. Uh, one, there's just this like contentious rivalry that exists between Thunder Twitter and Rockets Twitter that is like a little out of control. Is it? You know, I, I, like it's like, I don't really follow the many Rockets people anymore. So I don't really it's see just very. It's just extremely contentious. And so I think like that feeds this. There's a lot of things that feed this through time. You know, obviously like the Harden trade was like the first thing where it was like, oh, like, you know, we, we were at the game, like Harden's first game back in Oklahoma City. Mm. Like it like ignited like this rivalry. And then you have like the Westbrook Harden MVP debate and then although you know, I, Westbrook gets traded I mean like, there's just there's a lot there there's a lot there what were and you gonna there, say? I was gonna say you know thinking about it even though there's always been this like I almost feel like it's all almost all been off court stuff I mean you did have the like the Patrick Beverly thing which was on court um but they've never really crossed paths at the same time like during their peaks you know, like when mm -hmm. the Thunder were good the first time, that was like those early James Harden years where, where they were like a good team, but they weren't yeah. what they would become. And by the time they became mm -hmm. what they became, you know, KD's gone and yeah. now we're in like this post-KD era with the Thunder. And yeah. then eventually we became tankers together. And now it feels yep. like we're starting, because they've improved so much this season, we're starting to kind of have this rise together. Um, yeah. So – it does feel like we're finally getting like an on-court rivalry a little bit, but a little bit. Um, yeah, it's just, they, they. I I posted on Twitter like their last three games in Houston, thirty for one hundred nineteen from three. They've shot under. Actually, last night was their best shooting game from three of these of these last three games in Houston. They've shot under twenty eight percent in three straight games in Houston, which is so. Frustrating. I don't know what's going really on bizarre. in that arena. I don't know what they're doing to our There's players. There's something going on. There's something There's fishy something. here. 
Red 94 yeah. is is doing something. They're doing something with the sight lines, Andrew. I bet I think <laughs> something I with think the sight lines. Maybe sight he has lines? an invisibility cloak. Maybe Anybody consider the, that? They're the one place where the uh, things that you bang together, there must be something yeah. about them, something unique where they're actually working. Ooh. Because uh, uh, yeah. it just makes it so insufferable to watch these games because yeah, if, if really you could does. tell me at the beginning of the game, they're going to shoot 25% or whatever from three, it's like, okay, well, they're, they're not going to win. Like They can win well, that they, type of game, but it's going to be, if they do, it's going to be such a miserable <laughs> win to get. There. Well, twenty-five. Well, it's like, and it's also twenty-five percent from three versus forty-five percent from three. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They had a great night shooting the ball. So it's and you know and then like you know Aaron Holiday somehow turns incredible. into Isaiah Joe somehow turns into Troy Brown Jr. <laughs> it's like what is I mean that was a bizarre experience there the Aaron Holiday one and so I mean I don't know like there's there's a lot to unpack. With this one, wow, he and was I six think, or seven from three. Yeah, oh my yeah, God. yeah. I mean, that'll that'll do it. That'll do it. There's a lot to unpack with this game, and I, I honestly think like this game has probably been unpacked too much. Too you know? much. Too much unpacking. Too much. You've huh. unpacked too much. Hmm. Hmm. And it's. When it like if you can just like boil it down, like it's one game, and while it hurts, and while everybody hates it, we all hate it. Like no one's like it's one game, and I really think it's good for the boys, you know. No, but no, it sucked. Even like J Dub before the game said that like he recognized it. Like yeah, we start slow in Houston. I don't know why, but like we need to figure that out. Well, they didn't figure it out. Like pretty much everyone was terrible, but Shea and Wiggins and Trey Man. Yeah. And like if that's if that's your trio, like I'm sorry. That's not gonna get you anywhere. That's not gonna that's not gonna do it. Yeah, Wiggins was solid. You know? Um it was it was nice to see Trey get an extended run because it kind of came out of nowhere. Uh it was Yeah, he looked good. He actually looked good. He did. I thought he looked really. Um, he looked really energetic. Bouncy. Yes. Bouncy. Bouncy. Bouncy is a good word. Um, especially defensively. Yeah. I felt like he was kind of flying around. And yeah. Not, not I was like, like who is this guy? I, I kind of like this guy. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When, when, whenever you're having a rough game, just like having anyone come in just to bring some energy feels really good. Yeah. Yeah. And. Um, and you know, and Mark recognized it today at practice. Um, shout out Ryland Styles, who uh, has a video. I think he asked the question. Um, just about like the way that Giddy was defended mm-hmm. and how that was like something that they need to basically adjust to. And so like anybody that's hoping that like this will cause a starting lineup change. Uh, I would go and listen to, I think I retweeted it and like Royce quote retweeted. I mean, if you, I'm sure that people that are listening to this have seen it or have heard it. And if you haven't, there's very simple ways to, uh, to, to watch this. But if you're hoping that the way that they played Giddy will spark a starting lineup change, I would think again, because it doesn't sound like that's going to happen. I definitely agree with that. I mean, I, I I am not expecting 
any changes, which is why I, t- I was tweeting today about the playoffs kind of because I knew playoffs playoffs because I kind of know that they're not going to make a change. And I really am interested in what could you do to prevent a team from playing like this? I was texting with McKelle and mm-hmm. as bad as it looked, we both felt really happy that it's happening in December one way or the yeah. other, because two, yeah, one of two things sure. is going to happen. Either they're somehow going to figure this out, and I am legitimately dubious of that for a lot of reasons, mm-hmm. but maybe they do, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. they're not going to figure it out, and they're going to be kind of forced into a change, and I would much rather that change happen during the season than having to wait until the playoffs to see this, because oh, yeah. what we saw the last couple games, it, I mean, I know it has happened before, but with Dallas and Houston, it felt like it was from the tip that was what they were doing, and it was it felt mm-hmm. more deliberate and and kind of more committed to it than teams mm-hmm. have been in the past. Um, mm-hmm. I would much rather that happen now and have all these conversations now than teams just play as normal and then we get to the playoffs and oh my gosh, they're putting their center on Giddy, which is such an obvious thing to do when you think about it and the fact that it hasn't happened, you know, I went back and I watched all of Giddy's possessions against the Pelicans in the play-in game Mm -hmm. because, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of people uh, like to talk about that game and he's get, he's scoring the majority of his points on CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram. And it's just so crazy because it's like, yeah, why, why is this happening? Like, Mm -hmm. why are you playing him this way? Um, I guess the the part that I am struggling with, Andrew, if I may unpack just a little bit, is yeah, this is not an Andre Andre Robertson situation. This is not a Ben Simmons situation. Mm-hmm. In those cases, mm-hmm. when teams were needing to make an adjustment, they were doing it because they just wanted to keep that guy on the floor so they could get all of the benefits they're getting on the other end. Because they knew that yeah. if we can just get this guy especially with Robertson, like if we can just, if he can just be functional, like if he can just learn how to cut a little better, if we can just keep him on the floor, he is going to be so helpful to us defensively. Yeah. That is not, that is not what this is. And that's, that's the part that scares me a little because we are talking about a player who you're needing to adjust for because theoretically the majority of his value is going to be brought on the offensive end. Mm-hmm. And that's usually not the type of conversation we're having when you're talking about, you know, a team playing a guy like this. You know, whether it was Tony Allen back with the Warriors, I feel like they well, were it's just like Dort. Well, it's like Dort. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, Dort. Yeah, there's a guy on the team. We have right the, now. we have the example we've had, on the team today. <laughs> we're, we've already experienced this. Yeah, and so <laughs> that that's the part where I'm just like, is there really going to be an answer here like is the juice going to be worth the squeeze at the end of the day because we know that with Shea we have a like top five MVP candidate seemingly for the foreseeable future like as long as he's playing like this people are going to be talking about him in the MVP conversation and he's surrounded by these hyper efficient players normally they were not great last night or two nights ago was that last night normally Uh, yeah with Chet and Jada it was it Um, was last night that I, I just wonder what it's going to be. How, if it does work out, 
where they he they find something what would that actually look like like realistically because you know giddy yeah. hits those in, I, I rewatched the the first half you know giddy hits those two threes and you look at the end of the night he's two for five he was two for four in that in that first quarter mm-hmm. and like it did not phase the rockets at all it, it, this is this what it was not like a hack a shack thing where you know, a guy makes yeah. two free throws when he gets hacked, and you're like, "All right, well, maybe we should stop doing this." Like they were mm-hmm. very committed to it, and you certainly understand why because they figure, like, over the long haul, not only is he not going to be a forty percent shooter, but the way it gums up the offense on every other attempt. Oh yeah, it it's well makes, worth it. Makes it so much worth it, and I will say, slight defense is that Dort. This has coincided with Dort entering a pretty significant slump for him, mm-hmm. and ha- so yeah, having those, 5. he was 05. and and but even uh, Jacob Niffen posted it like his first ten games versus his last ten games, and I think he's yeah. shooting like twenty eight percent from three in his last ten games. That's that, I mean this is Dort though like this has been the Dort experience for years. No, I know, but if they were if you were if you had first ten games Dort, and they were defending them in the same way, it probably wouldn't look mm-hmm. as bad. Like like Dort yeah, playing this the, it, way is compounding the issue that is already well, there, and not only that, Chet was not willing to take shots that he should have yeah. in different spots. Like there were several times where Chet catches the ball, top of the key, and you're like, shoot it, shoot the ball, and then he passes it back off to Giddy. And you're like, wait a minute. Like, he has an open shot. Like, shouldn't he just, like, he just needs to take it. And so, like, some of this is, yes, it's on, like, they have to figure something out with Gideon Dort, for sure. Dort, not so much like we know what Dort is. Like, he's either going to make his shots or he's not. He only played 15 minutes in the game. I mean, they've had a quick hook on him because they have Isaiah Joe and they have Wiggins, they have Kaysen, and they played Trey Man. You know, you have the guys. And, and they're not, that's not worrisome. But some of it is too. Like if Giddy Giddy set Chet up a couple times, and Chet didn't take the shot, like gotta take the shot. Like you just have to take the shot. I mean, it, the whole flow was off from not just those two, but the rest of everybody else too. I mean, it was a mess. I mean, it just what I mean. It was it was not great, and they like generated like some open shots for him that he didn't take. And so like part of me is like, wait a minute, like that's there's a lot of there's a lot of fingers to be pointed here. And like the the biggest problem is just the way they defended Giddy and the the way that the Thunder just weren't ready for it. Well, yeah, it clearly so, made them uncomfortable in the same way that like Minnesota zone made them uncomfortable a few games ago when sure. they switched to that. I'm just struggling with figuring out what it's going to be. And obviously they're smarter than us and they're going to come up with some things. They better be. They better be. uh, Some listeners, I'm assuming they're listeners, maybe they just follow me on Twitter, but they they were talking about some of the adjustments they made in that Pelicans game um, Mm -hmm. back in the play and having um, Giddy act as a screener. And I think actually Rylan brought that up to Mark today and, Mm -hmm. and Mark didn't, brush it aside he was like yeah that that he said something like yeah yeah that that's you know something we'd be looking at yeah i wonder about putting giddy in the middle of the floor more 
like like a you mean like where Sabonis as hangs a, out as a facilitator. Yeah, because he can hit those shots. Like he's not spacing anyways. I know that 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 was something because I rewatching the game. Some of the plays where he looked the best was where he kind of ended up just hanging around the dunker spot and was able to get mm-hmm. offensive rebounds. Um, yeah, and I know like you want to keep the floor spaced for Shea, but like the fact is, it's not. <laughs> anyways, so well, that, you know, I mean, so. So I mean, like there, there are some puzzle pieces to to mix and match. And I had a lot of conversations with a lot of really smart people today about the Thunder. Like everybody wants to talk about the Thunder whenever um, you know we talk, and so like lots of talk about this kind of stuff. And ultimately, I I think that that it's. That there's not probably not going to be a starting lineup change. If there is, it's probably more likely Dort goes to the bench and somebody else starts. It's. I mean, if if you want to tell me, hey, we are, honestly just don't have a good replacement for his size and rebounding. Like, I think that's more of a convincing argument because it's like but that's not but, true. But it's not true though. I mean, you're going to start Jay Will. No, I'm going to start Kenrich. Yeah, I mean that's what I would like to see. But I also really like Kenrich coming off the bench because I I do think. He, he provides like a very important role. I mean, if you were just talking life. like, if this were like, and the thing is like, this isn't fantasy basketball and this isn't, um, it could be though. Know, 2K. Can be. They should, they can, could, should play more and maybe <laughs> that, they'd that's, that's, <laughs> I think that's like the problem with like the way that these conversations are had online. Whereas like, oh, you can just like shift these pieces around. It's just like easy. Like it's, it's not, it's not, this is not easy. This is, these are people that have people that are i mean it's it's not this is not simple like none of this is simple and the most likely thing is that the starting lineup is going to stay what it is and that they're going to tr- they're going to tinker with how to use it and you know the, I mean, but, they're but, 13 but and you, se- they're 13 they're 13 and 7 so far sure. this season for sure and, th- and they're that's, good like they're a good team they're second in the western conference like this is not like they're 7 and 13 Things are falling apart. They have all NBA guy. They have Chet and they're wasting away. Like they are like eroding because of this. Like they had one real stinker and they have had teams kind of figure some stuff out with them. But they're just like what Mark said, like they're going to have to go figure things out. Like every single team. And we talked about the beginning of the show. Every single team is struggling with something, you know, and so, like, so are they. Like, they're going to have to figure this out. I think that's the if we're looking at like what is the most likely scenario with this team is that they're going to figure it out with this current starting group, and it'll take maybe it'll take time. I mean, the Thunder eventually figured out the, in the first iteration that they weren't big enough that they were getting muscled by teams like San Antonio and Denver and the Lakers and the Clippers, and, like, they just can't compete with them, so they had to trade Jeff Green, you know, who was, like, thought of as a core piece of that team, you know? And so maybe there comes a point where that happens, but I just don't think that it's right now. No, I, and I don't think it's right now because I, I've, just, I've just listened to this team enough, so, so I know that they're not going to make any significant changes anytime soon. I just... Mm-hmm. uh. 
I feel like, you know, we always talk about like, we got to see what we have. You know, we've, we've talked about that for mm-hmm. kind of as a theme of this season. And yeah, definitely. I do feel like we know some things. And one thing we, that we do know is that if you pair Shea with shooters, the offense is incredible. The offense is like greatest offense of all time level, like over 120 points per 100 possessions. Whether it was Muscala, goated. Whether it was Muscala, whether it was Lindy Waters, whether whether it was uh, Isaiah Joe, like it's literally anyone. If you just can find a good shooter, and so my mm-hmm. question is like, we know that we know mm-hmm. that that works. We know that that works at a super high level, and so like, what is the vision? with Giddy that is going to be better than that. Because that that's basically the argument that you're trying to make, that there is some version of Giddy with Shea in a starting lineup that is going to be mm-hmm. better than what we've seen when you just pair Shea with shooters. And to be fair, mm-hmm. like we haven't gotten to see that because they've never changed the starting lineup. So we don't we haven't seen like Shea with shooters against you know first line units night after night after night after night. Obviously, if you did that night after night after night, the net rating probably isn't going to be as high as when Shea is able to play with those shooters against bench lineups. I get that. Mm-hmm. But when you see something that is that powerful, that good mm-hmm. in those minutes, I just get to this point where I'm like, man, what would have to happen for like the the giddy experiment with the starting lineup to be better than that? Or, or to not mm-hmm. to not even want to try out something else because we talk about like this season of discovery it feels Mm -hmm. like there's some things we could discover because we have these other pieces now um and and they've mark's been very willing to play those guys in other combinations like with the bench units and i will say there was a brief i I don't even think i i I thought they played for like multiple minutes in that second quarter but it was giddy's best stretch of the game it was like second quarter somewhere around like the six to four minute mark Highlighted by a play where Giddy caused a steal on one end, came down the other end. He threw like an incredible pass. I think it was to Kenrich or something. But he was on the floor with like Kenrich, uh, Wiggins, and two other guys who I can't think off the top of my head right now. But basically just like cutters and shooters. Mm-hmm. This cutting shooting lineup with Giddy there. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. Why why don't we see more of that? Like what why and because yeah. you saw Sam Bassini uh tweeted out after that game, like I, th- I think the Thunder should at least experiment with Josh coming off the bench. If if that's not a reality for whatever reasons you're talking about, you know, if we could get more of those minutes with him with bench units and maybe him subbing out earlier in the first, I don't yeah. know. I'd be I'd be open to that just to see if there's something yeah. there. Well, I yeah, I think it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense, even if like you, because I think if you kept Chet out there. Like you sub Giddy out early because Shay likes to play the whole first quarter. Yeah. And then you sub Giddy in beginning of the second quarter, maybe sub Chet out earlier in the in the first two. Bring Chet and Giddy back in. Bring Joe and Kaysen back in. Kenrich. Like that that's a very tenable lineup for Giddy to like function and drive and kick. And find guys that can cut and get to the basket. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. They like no, and like none of those guys are ball dominant. And and that's the type of lineup where if Shea's not on the court, 
yeah, you don't really worry about like if Giddy's clogging the court a little bit, and maybe you do play him at that high post position where he can mm-hmm. spray to shooters, but also like hit cutters going in behind him. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it, what it comes down to is that Giddy's like a very, very rhythmic player who has been out of rhythm for a very long time. And yes, yes. He needs to be able to find that rhythm. And and maybe he can't with the headspace he's in now. And I don't think any of us would blame him for that, for like feeling that way. You know, I got 21 years old. It's a tough spot. I mean, it's a tough spot to be in. And, and then you also have all the stuff with his agent. And yeah, I mean, there's just so much going on. So, so much that and and a lot more that we just don't know you know because like the the stuff that's happened to him obviously is affecting him it's probably affecting the team on some level it's affecting his family it's affecting so many things that it's hard like at 21 like is anybody equipped to do that well and Um, that's why like and I felt this way since Thanksgiving. Like, if that's true, if if like all yeah. this stuff is affecting his play and everyone's aware of it, why not like sit him for a bit? Like, why why put him out there when you know he's not going to be able to perform at the level he was previously? And so like you're yeah. you're losing this time where you could be discovering something, but you know you're not really going to be discovering anything because he's not going to be playing well. I don't yeah. know. It it just feel th- there is an aspect to this that feels untenable. But yeah, I, I also know that the most likely scenario is just status quo for the foreseeable future. Yeah, for sure. There's not. I mean, there's just not a good solution. There's not a good solution right now. You know. But you I know. I do think killing his value, like the, killing his value. He's not on the trade block. There's a comment that says they're killing his value. Killing is like that. That's he's he's not some stock. Like he's a like that's that's crazy. Like that's not he's not gonna get traded this year. Like he's just not. And so like killing his value. I'm sorry. Like that's just not. It, it would would it would it help his value if they just sat him? Like hey, you know what? You mentally can't handle this right now. Would that actually would that help his status? Like, no, 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 no. Well, it's also hard to imagine I, I, with the investigation. Like, even if he was on the trade block, like, I, I don't yeah, feel like yeah, that's yeah. something that no. other teams are going to he, want to touch, he's, or he's, that Presti would ever get a deal that he w- that would satisfy him. Yeah, I feel like that's and, off the table for the time being. Yeah, it's completely off the table, and he's not he's not getting traded. It's, I mean, just to put it in perspective, like it's been 20 games and he's not been good. There's no, I can't make an argument that he's been good. And I won't make, try to make the argument that he's been a good player for them. Like he just hasn't. But it doesn't mean like he's a bad player in perpetuity. And it doesn't mean like this will never work now. Um, it may not work just because, but. I I'm still just unwilling to take this these 20 games and just 
like copy and paste them to the rest of his career. I think that that is extremely unfair to him. No, I and, I don't disagree with that. But the reason why I think people are feeling it more is one, the team is a lot way better than we thought. You know, last year. Yeah, 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 yeah. The the reality yeah, I is I that I think that's I think that's totally true. As bad as he has been, a lot of the issues are the exact same issues he had last year. He didn't get to the rim last year. He didn't play defense last year. He couldn't shoot last year. Like we we yeah. have gone, we have experienced all these issues. Obviously, this is like a dramatic version of that. But but like but the one th- one of the things that he is good at would really help the team if he, if he would if he could do it is rebounding. Yeah, I was actually looking at his rebounding stats. His his offensive rebounding is back to normal. He is at the same level yeah. he was at his first two seasons. In fact, career high, six point eight offensive rebound percentage. Uh, defensive wow. Re- <laughs> yeah. What do you think about that? <laughs> that, that? That's good. By the way, that's good. Yeah. But the defensive rebounds is is where it's tough, and that's really important because he was he is still good like i think on cleaning the glass he's still in like the 80 something percentile for forwards but like the last yeah. two seasons he was like in the 95th and higher percentile i know i know that's what i'm saying like he he's an elite rebounder it has been but he ha- in the past but he hasn't been you know yeah he's just been good but he hasn't yeah. been elite and when you have he has to- when yeah. you have the flaws he's, he's that he has, in, he has yeah, to be good enough. an elite rebounder. Yeah. He has to be great. He has to be great. in order for it to look in order for it to look good. And I get it. And and a lot of the things that make Giddy good are like the rhythm and flow of his game can be amazing, but it just frankly hasn't been. And like that too. Like I think one of the things about Giddy that the Thunder really like is that he helps them get into a rhythm and a flow and has in the past helped them get into a rhythm and a flow that is like, Oh yeah, this is how they want to play. Um, but we just haven't seen it this year. It, we've seen it in very, very small little spurts, but nothing consistent, nothing that even, I mean, we would see it over the course of games. Uh, maybe we see it in a player two, you know, in these games, but not as like a whole. Um, and so like that makes it tough too, because like yeah, if, if if all if all you've seen is just what how he's played this year, you're like man, like I don't see it at all. I don't see anything at all, you know. But we've seen him be much better than this. We've seen them help them play in ways that are very helpful. We've also seen him in the past too take them completely out of the way that they want to play. Like he's not a perfect player, obviously. He's not a player that he's a player that's still developing. And I don't like it or not, Thunder fans, like I don't think this guy's going away. You know? So I think But at the same time, Andrew, like you know that this front office is smart. Like they are not yeah. if if this continued, they would make a change. If, if, if yeah, you got, I, think, I think you'd have. I mean, you'd have. You'd have to if it continued like this, and there was some kind of like resolution or like things just got better on the personal end for him, and like we're he was able to put some distance between him and like, and yet we're in April, 
you know, and we were months out from this. There's no one's booing him anymore. It's just like whatever, you know. And it's still, well, they're throwing the center at him. They can only play him for just a few minutes with the, you know, yeah, like you, you're not just going to force it to happen <laughs> over the course of like a decade, you know, like, yeah, you're going to make some, you you have to make decisions. I mean, it's, it's their job, but they're also not as much as like, like the, the Thunder fan base is like more reactionary than it's ever been, you know, and you can like, I can feel that. And I'm sure that you can feel that and you see it more reactionary than they've ever, ever been and louder than they've ever been with their like reactions. Like what this needs to happen. Shout out to us. I get what's up. What's up. I get it. Um, Thunder up. Thunder thunder up. (laughs) But like the thunder organization is not going to change the way that they do things. And like, I just think that we need to like to realize that. Um, you can react however you want. That's fine. But like the, the, it's something that a lot of people are noticing. <laughs> I'll just say that it's something that a lot of people are noticing. Um, people are I, noticing I with the team. Um, no, I'm saying like a lot of. I just had text groups with with several people in in media is what I'm, is what I should oh, say. Okay. Um, today that were. Say like have noticed like how like the fan base is it's so strong, a lot. They're like, oh, you guys are so strong and powerful. Is that <laughs> what they're saying? <laughs> they're, yeah, that's what we're, that's what that's what the texts are. How powerful! Wow, it's very wondrous. The this fan base. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> no, I, I mean it's just it's just more like it's just vo- more volatile, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, I have a feeling. Obviously, the Thunder are in a little bit of a unique position because of the ongoing investigation. But I, I do yeah. get the general sense of just being on Twitter that there are more young people uh, on Twitter than ever before. Shout, shout, shout to the youngs and shout out to all of them. Um, but I, I think that plays uh, that plays a part. I mean, th- there's so many yeah, yeah. new. Um, what I would consider like big thunder accounts that I just like didn't even wasn't even aware I wasn't even on my radar 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 like radar radar uh, like three years ago, and it's very fun for me personally mm-hmm. um, because I don't really have to deal with it. But to be able to like enter these like bubbles of thunder fandom on Twitter that I didn't even really know existed mm-hmm. until this year, yeah. honestly, and. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say what any of the accounts are, but I go and check them out. I just see what people are talking about, and it's very entertaining. <laughs> it's very entertaining, <laughs> and I, I hope that uh, no one from the team is taking it that seriously. I mean, I think people are just. Well, I'm, I, to be clear, I'm not talking to people with the team. I'm talking to other people in the media about it. Well, they need to mind their own business. That's what I think about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's my job, not theirs. <laughs> uh. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Uh, oh my we should, you ask people for it's, questions. Yeah. We should probably answer a few questions before we go. Yeah, we can answer a few questions. Um, all that to say, if you're if you're one that wants the uh, the Thunder to bench Josh Giddy, I would I would just uh, hold Keep your tweeting. horses, brother. Keep t- <laughs> just hold your horses, brother. <laughs> it's just it's just not gonna happen. Like it's just, it's just not gonna happen right now. So just. You know, keep tweeting. Um, all right. Let's answer a few questions. We have a lot of questions. How many did we get? Somebody just sent us a tweet about apples, a completely normal question, and they deleted it as really like a second after doing it. I was going to answer 27 questions. 27 questions. We're definitely not getting through 27 questions. We'll Where get through. I'm, I'm s- well, yeah, I, I was looking through them. Some people were just sending us homework. They were like, hey, could you look this up for me? <laughs> so what the hell? You can Will you do please it. look this up? <laughs> um, I've, been, I've been up since what is... What is it? What is it? I don't even know how to time change. 2, 2 a.m.? Uh, here, so, here, I'll, I'll um, give you a question because I already... Why don't you do it? Yeah, this is the one thing it? I've looked up. Uh, at OKC Obstinacy, Shea has been mm-hmm. projected by a lot of outlets in the top three of the MP rate. MP MVP race so far. We've had three MVP? other Thunder guys finish top three in MPP voting. 2019 PG, 2017 Russ, 2014 KD. How would you rank those four MVP seasons individually, not the whole team, from worst to best? So I actually went on Stathead and compared all of the seasons. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to ask you some questions, Andrew. So there's four guys. I did the homework. I did do the homework. Who had the highest points per game out of those four? What would you guess? Um, is it Shea? 
is Kevin Durant, 2014 Kevin Durant. Um, listen, Russ's year was what very was fun. He averaged 32 points that year, 2014. That was the year they lost to the Spurs. Serge got hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Came back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, Russ's year was very fun. And I think if you're just choosing it based on level of enjoyment, you'd, you'd probably go with Russ, 2017 Russ. If, you, if you're picking like the best meaningful, like contributing to wins MVP season, that was a 59-win team in 2014. Like that, he was 32, seven and a half, five and a half, shooting 39% from three on six attempts per game in 2014. He shot uh, actually that was no he shot fifty percent from the field. Like that yeah. was probably the best of those four seasons, just statistically, and probably and he was the tall. He was very tall. He was even mm-hmm. taller back then. Younger mm-hmm. listeners might not remember this, but Kevin Durant used to be Less really tall. Over. He's really slumped over now. Now PG is probably the worst of the four. I would say personal opinion, um, although. Mm-hmm. He did make both first team All NBA and All Defense, which no one else did. He's really he was he was good. He was good. But a, the, re- the reason why I would put that one last is because he did fall off. Like there was a point of, in January. Yeah, he had injuries. Yeah. Remember when he hit that shot over Gobert in Utah, and it was like, oh my gosh, what if could he actually win? NBA? It was in Oklahoma City. I was there. After that, though, it did fall off a little bit, and he averaged twenty eight per game. Ugh. You know who cares? Gross. Gross. Twenty-eight, eight, and four. Very good season. Um, then you he come to awesome. Shea. Yeah. I will say Shea stacks up extremely well as like um, an efficiency guy. I mean, mm-hmm. shooting really good from the field, fifty-five percent. Which I mean, KD's next at fifty percent. Um, yeah. Obviously, takes the fewest amount of threes. Paul George took mm-hmm. nine point eight threes per game. In his that MVP season, thirty nine percent. That rules so much. He was um, so good, man. You know who would be good on this Thunder team? Paul, Paul George. George. Paul George. Paul. Jo- Maybe J Dub can become Paul George. Wouldn't that be nice? He's got to start shooting more threes, please. Would you? Um, would you trade Shea, the Clippers their picks back for Paul George? No. For for a current year, Paul George. Yeah. <sighs> What is it? It's the 20, it'd be 24, 26, and then what is it? 20, and then we got swaps. No, I'm yeah. fine. I love Paul George. I really do. I have no ill will towards him. I, I enjoy his presence. Oh, you, I like his personality. You, sh- you shouldn't. You shouldn't. Great, great a podcast. Got us Shay. I mean, he's great. Um, Shay, highest among all these four in steals per game and box per game. Big stocks guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if I were ranking them, going back to the beginning... I would say KD first, Paul George last. And then for right now, I'll say Russ second, Shea third. But, uh, I mean, Shea, if he continues like this with this level of efficiency, he has a chance to put up like a highly efficient MVP caliber caliber season. I mean, he's shooting 93% from the line on seven attempts per game. Best in the league, by the way. Yeah. Like narrative-wise, obviously Russ is number one. But if I'm just basing it yeah. on like individual statistical seasons, yeah, I mean Russ is number one for like for a lot of reasons because of the the 
excruciating pain that we ex- that that we had as a fan base that he was helping us heal from. He did help us, you know. Um. Okay. Helped us a lot. That was our okay. Next question from Miguel Devella. Can you guys do a pod without mentioning Giddy? Ooh, wish I had read this earlier, Miguel. I'm Whoops. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm you can sorry. listen to the one with me and Tyler Parker. I don't think we mentioned him. Yeah, I just listened to that. I don't think you guys said Giddy once. Shout out to us. What are you hiding? Uh, at Donovan XDB earlier this week, SGA shared his favorite apple is Macintosh and boldly declared slice apples are better than the full apple. What is your favorite apple? And do you prefer slices or the whole apple? I buy a bag of Honeycrisp apples every two to three days. I go through, I eat apple a night minimum. I yeah. love Honeycrisp apples. I will, they're now always in season. Yeah. And, uh, they're great. Uh, I like Honey Crisp. Uh, I like a Pink Lady. I like a Pink um, Lady. Let's see. I do like a Granny Smith as well, but not all the time. They're too tart. But they're in a tart. pie. Very tart. Uh, from here to Thunder Up, are you disappointed that the Thunder didn't make the in-season tourney? Yes. Does this season's in-season tourney yeah. create excitement for next season's opportunity? I would say very much so. Oh, totally. Totally. I would... I would I mean, love it. I would love it if the Thunder were here. It'd be amazing if they were I here. I cared about those games in the moment, but looking back, I should have been more mad about the Warriors game. I wasn't mad enough. Yeah. I and I should have been more mad about the Kings game. I should have been furious. Yes. In the moment, I was yes. just like, oh, th- they have these losses, whatever. Like, this is annoying, but whatever. But looking back, it's like, yeah. what are you guys doing? You not Do you not care about the in-season tournament? What is your problem? That Kings that Kings game should be the one that we should be most mad about. Uh, um, and also, you know what? I I'm so tired of pe- so of tired. other teams now touching the net, or we you know we touch the net doesn't oh, yeah. affect the ball, and then they get called for the goaltend when we know that's not the rule. Yes, but uh, it wasn't. Chet grabbed it and lifted himself up. That's why he was he always able to get so high. Is that what they were saying? Dude, I don't know. Um, from Tan RN twelve, how how would you rank this season on the serial scale? What was second? Um, I would say it is. I would say this season is uh, Honey Nut Checks. Uh, surprisingly, really good. Surprisingly really good, but definitely not Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Yeah, because that's like that's reserved for like a year where they're going to win 60. But right? um, I'll be honest with you. If this investigation thing wasn't going on, I probably would have said uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Because it's just like, it, it's just, it sucks. I agree. Um, because otherwise, they're like, the season's incredible. Everything's going great. Yeah. There's yeah, just uh, this cloud hanging over the team and it's never going to go away. Um, okay. Uh, pile of bricks. <laughs> is Chet officially on a minutes restriction? No. Right? I don't know. No. <laughs> no. Uh, at Hawks 31 Cowboys, should OKC trade for Zion and what would you give up? Okay, no. no. But the reason is he's a terrible rebounder. 
he would hurt us if you sub he would make him, us worse he would make us worse i feel the same way when he people would. bring up jeremy grant also another terrible rebounder terrible I'm, rebounder i'm open to hearing about who you would want to trade for in your 2k fantasies but if it's someone who's averaging five rebounds a game i'm not interested i'm not interested yes yeah no 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 also okay. like like Zion and like okay all right keep going uh at Sam underscore table according to basketball index OKC is the luckiest team in the league hmm based on schedule opponent three-point shooting and a few other things that I don't know how can I emotionally handle it when we return to the mean that's actually a very <laughs> interesting question because if they do return to the mean uh it won't because the fan base is cognizant of that and that they're just, uh, you know, Lux kind of swinging back the other way. We will find someone to blame, okay? And it won't be Luck. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So how do, how do you emotionally handle it? Start point fingers. Choose who you're going <laughs> to be mad Follow at. the lead. Follow the lead of Twitter. Get some, just, get some tweets and drafts ready to go. Find somebody to blame. Uh, um, it's not Aaron Holiday. At Thunder Wiker. Why isn't Mark playing Trey more? He's a theoretical shooter, space creator, and passer. Although he's not a great defender, he's bought in defensively. Seems like just the type of guy we need to get the offense going sometimes. I would say after that last game, I mean, that, he he did get a lot of run in the Portland game, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, after that game against Houston, because I did feel like the Houston game was more, they were actually throwing him in there in like a competitive way. Mm-hmm. Um, the Blazers game, I was there. I don't even remember what happened in that game. I think OKC killed them. Oh, that was the game where they shot Shit. like 50% from three and it was over. Yeah. Killed them. Just yeah, yeah, destroyed yeah. them. So yeah. yes, he played in that game, but this felt like the first time where he's like actually being thrown in a, in a meaningful part of the game and playing long minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm totally open to it. I still think the, the issues in preseason exist, which is just like, there's so many guys on this team Mark could go to. And so, like, if he could if he could carve out an Aaron Wiggins level of role, which yeah. isn't isn't a huge role either, I think that would be a success for Trey. And I I think, you know, why not? I don't know. Well, I'm I'm more with like Zach Robernick, who's like I'm more interested in seeing Mitsich play. Well, oh, yeah, minutes. I I yes, I I don't know how to explain that. Yeah, I I would rather see Mitsich play. Trey, we know like we know the issues with Trey. And if he's a if he's a changed man, man, then cool. But I you know, it's it's one game. You know, what we you just highlight one game of any player and it's not not like a a great it's not a great thing to, to do. So I don't know. I don't know if he'll get an extended run or not. It's unlikely that he gets like a ten game stretch to play a huge, um, yeah, without an injury. Role. It would be tough. Yeah. Uh, at Benelephant King, what? Ha- this is one of the homework questions I mentioned. Benelephant, wh- why are you asking me this? What has the rebound percentage been for the last five NBA championship teams? Any correlation you can draw? Why don't you look it up and tell me? And then I'll decide because I actually tried to yeah. look it up and I couldn't figure out a quick way to do it. I was having to go year by year and then I couldn't find it and I gave up. 
at laneball3. I've yeah. seen a lot of OKC Twitter turning their back on the process and attacking our guy, saying Shea needs help, we have a bad coach, give up on Giddy, Dort, etc. Are they new fans, or are they just trolls? Um, I'm sure there are trolls out there, but I think it's mostly just uh, new fans. I mean, listen, we're in the engagement era of Twitter right now. It's how you mm-hmm. make money. It's how you get followers. So if you want to get engagement right now, you know what you got to do, you know? I mean, listen, if anyone's out there just like retweeting Mark's answers and being like, this sounds good, no one's going to be clicking on that, okay? So you just kind of got to understand where you are. You're on Twitter. Yeah, like it, it's it, true. It has been, everything is incentivized for you to say the most outlandish, ridiculous things you can, oh, unless yeah. you are already well-established and well-known. So uh, I wouldn't worry about it too much. People are just having fun for the most part. Uh, I'm as, uh, here's another homework question. I'm assuming tomorrow's game against Golden State doesn't change the result of our season series, but can you confirm? No, I can't. Oh, 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 oh. Ooh, what do you think about this, Andrew? What's going on with the Mitsich situation? Could this be a one and done? I don't know. It's too early to say. I don't Could, know. Is this a is this a Gabby Deck situation, Andrew? He's much better than Gabby Deck. Can already confirm that. But I, my 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 guess is that he will play more as the season goes along. I wish I had gotten a Deck jersey. When that, I had the it would, shot. that I guess would I, be, I guess I could, I could, I could get a I mean, custom could, one. I was gonna say you could still customize a Gabby Deck jersey. It would be tough choosing between my, Deck and Calzakis. I think both would be in terms of like sure. hip, hipster jerseys that I could wear at a future game. Get it's got to be deck. Like the remember, like the like we were so like intrigued. Like what's what's his contract? When is he coming over? What's going on? <laughs> we're yeah. watching all the highlights. Like it looks like all of his shots are mid range fadeaways. I wonder how they're gonna <laughs> work him in. He doesn't. He doesn't seem to be shooting I, a lot of threes I, in any of these clips. Interesting. Uh, I, I had conversations with people that could barely speak English about him and they were hyped and there are some people that are hyped there are some people that were mad oh at the end of it mad mad yeah mad mad yeah okay final question andrew and then you can go to bed okay thank you at benelephant king how open is the thunder's window not at all just crack it a little cool refreshing breeze or papers flying (laughs) off your desk what is that? What is this supposed to mean? <laughs> okay, well, if their window is fully open, let, let's say the Denver Nuggets, that's papers flying off your desk. The, the defending champs, everyone would agree. No one would be surprised if they made the finals. Okay. It's like saying, like, do they have like a five percent chance to win the title? A zero percent chance? Fifty percent chance? Uh, is that what it's saying? I would say, in terms of their window being open with the current roster, now obviously, you know, Sam Presti could make some huge trade. He might, you know, get on Thunder Reddit and see all these fake trades we're coming up with and be like, ooh, I really like that one. I'm going to call that GM, <laughs> make that deal. <laughs> but with the current oh, roster, Lord. I would say they have like a 1% chance. Uh, it's when I think of contenders, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I think of teams where I would not be surprised if they were in the finals. And I would absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's 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 teams that have players in their overlapping primes. Like that's how you know. And the Thunder don't have that. It's so, why I, I mean, it's why put, I didn't believe. You might in, as well put it at zero. Honestly, like for no, this year, like, us, just put no, it at zero. Give us one percent. 
I mean, like everybody gets one hurt poster. and then they do it. <laughs> like what is like what is this? Uh, no, so, uh, Sam swings a big trade for that's insert a, that's star player gonna, X. That's just also not going to happen this year. So it'd be it so, the, it'd be so much fun if it did though to have to do an emergency pod if he made a oh, big I, trade in like two weeks and we have to come on and th- it could be because oh, I'd be pumped and jacked that'd be great I think we'd all be excited yeah, I just be, don't think it's gonna happen I know but what if it did that that's honestly makes it more exciting the fact that we think there's zero chance of it ever happening which is such a funny thing because like Sam is he has made I, I don't know why I keep calling him Sam all of a sudden, instead of Presti. Samuel. Presti has probably made more trades than any other GM per year than than anyone in the league. It's true. And, and he's we, made trades for big superstar players, too. Yes, he has. And yet, at the same time, we're like, no chance. He's never going to make a trade again. <laughs> it's not going to happen. we didn't happen. see the Paul George. No one saw the Paul George trade coming. Has he not been even. lulling us into this? Barely even Indiana saw it coming. I think he's tricking so, us. I think a hey, big trade within two weeks. You heard it here first. <laughs> it's exciting. Yeah. I mean, Sam has made almost every trade you can think of. Yeah. Including trades that you didn't even know were possible. Including trades we didn't even want. Including trades, trades where we were like, yes. I didn't even, you didn't even have to do that one. There, I've, I was just getting finished talking about this other one. And you've already yeah. made another one. Yeah. One that involved James Johnson. It's like I don't, I don't know. Oh yeah, I Who forgot about that? that one. Oh, at Jackson Arnold. Final question: Thoughts on the upcoming arena vote? That's only in five days, folks. But yes, days. but yes. That's what I have to say. That's my thoughts. Are people you feeling are in, people feeling positive about huh? that? Are people feeling positive about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't have For my sure. ear. To, I don't have my ear to the ground. I saw that one of the. Uh, <laughs> never mind, I won't say it. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, ear to the ground. People feeling good. You should go vote, though. Like that's the thing. It's like go vote. If you, if your trash can says Oklahoma City, you can vote in this election. Election? What do you call it? Uh. Yep. Sure, you can vote. Yes. For the arena and you should it keeps the thunder in oklahoma city until 2050 gets a really awesome arena in oklahoma city and there's no funny business hey early voting already started started thursday and will continue friday hey if you can vote early vote early hey just the, the thing is you just need to show up I, I assume that most people that are listening to this are going to vote yes. Like, do it. And then tell people to do it. And then you can listen to... I did a podcast um, with Mayor Holtz that's on YouTube. Uh, it's on the podcast feed. If people, if you have... If you know somebody that's on the fence, just send them the pod. Because we lay it out very clearly as to why you should vote yes. Um, I've had people tell me that that, that helped Push them over the edge. Uh, Taylor Dickerson's dad. So yeah. he is now a, a yes man. And unfortunately, so, Taylor has decided in response to vote no when he when he saw the video. I know it just it it so just, it, it ended up evening out, but it did gain one did, lost one. I'm about to send Taylor the podcast to tip it back over. Tip it so, back over. So we'll see. 
but yeah um go vote go vote yes you want to keep the thunder here it's a pretty simple simple thing hey andrew uh, okay before you before we go real quick what do you think about that new panera lemonade have you been uh, reading about I, that I, are you just trying to keep me awake no do, I, i'm serious have you heard about it no i have no idea what you're talking about there's already been two wrongful death lawsuits uh, Seriously? Brought up. Yeah, because the lim- this is so crazy to me because I get yerbed up, all right? I love yerba mate. It's got 150 yeah. milligrams caffeine in it. These, the yeah. large of this Panera lemonade has like 350 milligrams. And this poor guy drank one and then got two refills. <sighs> That's his own fault. Isn't that crazy? I don't think they were Why advertising it that? well enough. Uh, if I knew there were that, I like I would never touch a drink that had 350 milligrams of caffeine. That is insane. A Red Bull has 80. Yeah, that's that doesn't even make sense. It does, and it seems so weird for Panera. Like Panera's not like an extreme <laughs> restaurant, you know? Yeah. Why would they do that? I don't know. That's like a. Uh, I don't know. That's like why a would KFC you even want thing. to do that? I wouldn't. I bet it tastes good though. I might go get one. Uh, all right. I got to go. I've got to go do a little bit of work and then I got to go to bed. So thanks so much for listening to this podcast. Um, we'll have another podcast for you on Monday. They play the Thunder play the Warriors on Friday night. Uh, I can't believe they're playing the Warriors again that they are. Um, so we'll talk about that Monday with McKelle. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Check out the Athletic NBA show for in-season tournament coverage. Go check out the Athletic NBA show YouTube channel. We've got some really, really funny videos coming there with fans uh, at the arena. Lots of really cool stuff there. Um, So, yeah, go check all that out. We'll talk to you guys again on Monday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.